0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey Jonathan, how's it going?
0: It's going well this week. Uh, been, you know, kind of getting things ready. School starts here, uh, I guess the day this releases. So, uh, not only does school start... T- this day, but the Premier League starts this day, so it's like the best best day of the year. So I'm I'm pretty excited. You
1: know, if I didn't if I didn't know you, I wouldn't know what that even means.
0: Oh well, but you do know me, and you right. do know it's so it it has you know.
1: something to do with soccer.
0: Yes, English foot or uh, English uh, Premier League. I Almost said English football, but that wouldn't make sense. But hey, but speaking of football though, here in Nashville, the Titans they're playing their first preseason game right now while we're recording.
1: That's fun.
0: And I haven't watched a lick of it because it's preseason football and preseason football is garbage.
1: I'm going to just confess my unpopular opinion and say I don't even really pay that much attention to any of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't pay too much attention to it. Just, you know, I, I do watch the home team just because it's right. good. Now I-, I watch the Saints, too, because they're my real team. But, yeah. Yes. So, but, hey, you had a big week this week. You were at Falls Creek. Sent me some pictures. Uh, we didn't tweet them out because I didn't get that many from you.
1: Well, but. it was it 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 was a busier week or busier time there than I expected, and so I was moving around a whole lot. But uh, yes, uh, it was kind of a whirlwind in and out. We got there on Sunday, had a pretty early flight to get over that way, and then had an early flight uh, heading out. We had to come back a day early because of uh, things here at Southeastern getting ready for the new semester and. Uh, just just events, but really had a lovely few days um, at Falls Creek. And that's a huge place that that auditorium is massive.
0: Yeah, it, it, everything's bigger in Oklahoma. Yes. Our, our Texan the- listeners may not appreciate that, but
1: right. Right. But uh <laughs> but but, but uh, they call it uh, the Tabernacle. I'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, know it or have been to to it, but it's in the place of what used to be a, a really large amphitheater that was called the Tabernacle and there were tents before that and and things one of the things I loved, uh, about Falls Creek was how they incorporated sort of the history of the place. So even as they had made updates, they had built this large, uh, building in the spot, you know, that had been really special to so many people. They still really honored some of that legacy and had a lot of great photos, candid shots, just things all over the campus. To really connect with, I think, what it has meant to so many people. And there are several traditions there. One of them uh, is that I guess they make their own uh, kind of icy there. And it was really good. We we tried that out, gave that a oh. try. It was it was excellent, so that was fun. And also Lifeway Collegiate Week, that was our first time to be there as well, and it was great. It was really good. The the folks there at Lifeway do a fantastic job with that. Event. Yes, they do. Yeah, yes, they do. So uh, so people who haven't tried that out, sent their college ministries there, or have connections with BCM groups, uh, should definitely think about it for next year.
0: All right, well, very cool. Hey, if you're in college and looking to go to seminary, check out the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. They're committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. And you can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. Let's jump into this news this week. Our our lead story is actually related to uh, where you were this past week at Falls Creek. Uh, The BGCO and Falls Creek have settled a lawsuit uh, that resulted from the alleged 2016 rape of a 13 year old girl at the con- conference center. Uh, we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but looks like things are settled in that case.
1: Yes, and you know this actually came out. This news came out while we were there on the property, um, but of course we were at an event that wasn't really. I mean, it was it was happening on the campus of Falls Creek, but. Um, we were in contact some with the staff there, uh, but it didn't really affect any of, of what we were doing. Um, but certainly is, is big news to kind of close the loop on this. So the terms of the settlement, uh, were, were undisclosed, not, uh, not public at all. So we don't really know what all it involved. Um, but there was one sentence that was public. And it said, uh, following this incident, the BGCO conducted a review of its policies and procedures and has recognized additional efforts to provide as safe an environment as possible for campers visiting Falls Creek. And so they're just working on um, all of their their safety measures. Um, the communications director for BGCO released a statement that discussed that, just continually working to take every measure they can uh, to provide a safe environment. You know, th- this was a challenge, this particular case, I think, just because um, the the person involved didn't actually work for falls creek but it was someone who was there with a group as a volunteer so i think those uh those types of logistics you really have to think through what processes can we put in place and it it sounds like that's what they've had to do
0: yes and, and this is something that we've talked about several times over the past few months and that's the uh having those policies in place for safety of children and teenagers right. and, and even adults uh, from sexual predators. And that is something that continues uh, to confound some churches and uh, others have, have done a better job of getting those policies straight. So uh, it's good to see Falls Creek being proactive with that as well and moving ahead and, and reviewing those policies and, and recommending uh, you know changes and improvements to them. So By the looks of it, this case is settled, and Falls Creek is committed to continuing uh, to provide uh, safe environments for students and children uh, while they're at the camp. So that's good to see. All right, Amy, first of the month, you know what that means. CP. And we are 3.06% ahead of the budgeted projection and just 0.36% below contributions last year during the same time frame. Remember, that included that $3 million gift from the Florida Baptist Convention. Right. Uh, that's in the story here as well. Three point one million dollar gift that was last year. We don't have that this year, and we are right on uh, last year's giving total. Only about six hundred thousand dollars in change, six hundred four thousand dollars or so uh, below last year's giving. So great to see that, and uh, we you know last month's total was fifteen point five million, so just under the sixteen million dollar monthly budget. Uh, but we're still above that budget for the year. Uh, total giving so far through the year at just under one hundred and sixty-five million dollars. We got two more months in the fiscal year. Should put us around one ninety-five, one ninety-seven, somewhere in that range. And uh, so that that's really good to see, Amy.
1: Fantastic. So uh, we're coming. We're coming to the the end. Yeah, down the whole uh, stretch. The, right. Right. So. Looks like looks like the year is going to wrap up in good shape.
0: It does, it does. It's exciting to see that another good year of meeting budget in the cooperative program. Giving we're we're so close to that two hundred million dollar mark. Maybe next year will be the year that we uh, get back over that two hundred million dollar hump and can uh, kick on to even bigger and better numbers in the future. Down to Georgia, we had heard this was coming last week, and it uh, was announced on Sunday at First Baptist Church, Alpharetta. Thomas Hammond, the lead pastor at First Baptist Church Alpharetta, has been nominated as the new Georgia Executive Director. Whenever Bob White retires at the end of this year,
1: you know we're always watching these states. We seem to be in a, a at a time where we see you know two or three every year, and so Georgia certainly was on the radar screen. And uh, I I wasn't hugely surprised uh, to hear this.
0: No, no. Uh, Thomas Hammond's name was one that had come up. Uh, he is uh, kind of well known to to those of us at LifeWay. He's on our board of trustees, so uh, we had uh, kind of heard that it was possible that he may be the next executive director, and that looks to possibly be the case. They'll meet on September the 11th. The uh, the Georgia Baptist Convention Executive Committee will meet on September the 11th to confirm this uh, to vote on Thomas Hammond as the next Georgia State Executive Director.
1: Excellent! Very cool.
0: All right, uh, some other news from the states, and this is uh, one that I, I caught me by surprise. Felix Cabrera announced, uh, he's a, for those of you who don't know, Felix is second vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, announced that he will be returning to San Juan in late December and plant a church and serve as NAM's church planning catalyst on the island of Puerto Rico. So he's uh, leaving his church in Oklahoma City, uh, Iglesia right. Bautista Central. And going to Puerto Rico uh, to plan a church and to, to kind of help and engage and run those church planning efforts down there in Puerto
1: Rico. And it, it's really part of a, a lot of things that seem to be happening um, in Puerto Rico as well. So NAM is is working hard on their emphasis uh, for Send Puerto Rico. And then they're also uh, doing a lot, as we've known for a long time, with Send Relief. And the seminary down there is going to become a, a center for recovery yeah. efforts. Um, because still, after Hurricane Maria, I mean, we're, we're just not anywhere close to the end of, oh, of no. this rebuilding and the bad effort. Thing is
0: hurricane season's kicking up again. So,
1: right, right. Eesh. So so a lot of efforts on the part of Nam there, uh, but this is a big deal um, for Felix Cabrera to be headed down there, um, to be headed down there and to be their church planting catalyst.
0: Yeah, and remember we had Carlos Rodriguez, David Melber uh, on the podcast, uh, actually not on the podcast, on the CP stage right. at the Southern Baptist Convention. I interviewed them on Tuesday morning. On the CP stage, I uh, will link to that in the show notes. You can watch that video. Uh, but we we talked a lot about what's going on down there. So if you're interested more in what's going on in Puerto Rico, check out that interview. And uh, you know, also I, I kind of wish uh, Felix Cabrera the best. I mean, this is pretty awesome to hear that Carlos Rodriguez in the story here says that they've got about eight to ten planters who should be ready to plant churches within the next 18 months down there. So they are really about to explode the church planting down there in Puerto Rico, and it's good to see Felix going to be the uh, the catalyst for that down there on the island.
1: Fantastic.
0: Some celebratory news out of Lifeway this past week. The Baptist Hymnal, Amy, celebrated its 10-year anniversary.
1: You know, I remember when the current Baptist Hymnal came out and when Mike Harlan did the presentation on the stage uh, at the SBC, and uh, that was when the year, I've talked about it before, that I didn't get to go to the SBC. It was in Indianapolis. And Leah Finn and I, uh, were at my house watching it, stri- live streaming it in the kitchen. And after that, because she had come up and brought, uh, their, their kids, they had two at the time, because Nathan Finn had gone to the convention and he brought back a hymnal for me. So my hymnal came from that launch. And, um, yeah, huh. And, and, Yes. Awesome. And that was at a time, uh, when we were in Waverly, Virginia. So small church, uh, not a ton of resources and lifewayworship.com, uh, was launched at the same time and it was a tremendous help. Uh, it, it, small churches, um, there are many things that there were, there was no way that we could do what we were trying to do without a tool like Lifeway Worship. And, uh, so I think this is pretty cool. I think, um, I think it's an excellent hymnal. I've spent a lot of time looking through it and I've seen a couple of things lately. I saw an article the other day about, uh, hymnals, you know, that they don't need to just go away and, and some of the benefit of them. So, um, so it's pretty cool. But this story in Baptist Press is, is really fascinating because Mike Harlan talks about how they were only going to be digital or they were only going to do the hymnal in digital format. And then they discovered that almost half the churches still held hymnals every week and so they did both yeah and that's pretty cool
0: mm-hmm. yeah and what's wild to me is that they started without or with 3,000 song titles right to try to whittle it down and and got it down to 674 so it means there's 2300 and 26 titles that are just out there kind of on the cutting room floor that did not make the hymnal. That's I didn't I didn't know there were that many hymns out there. Oh, there's <laughs> and, a ton. Just there's like, a ton. I, I had no idea there were that many in there. And like, my thing is like, I, I need to ask Mike about this because I'd love to know the process more about this. I need to ask him next time I see him. How do they determine like, what number each hymn goes with? I mean, because for years, we've always seen, you know, Holy, Holy, Holy is the first hymn right, in the book, right? right? I mean, that, that's how it was when how I was do growing you decide? up. I'm sure that's, mm-hmm. I think it, I mean, how do you decide like what number eighty three is, or do you don't even care? Because I, I think some people tie, you know, the the number of the hymnal they memorize them. I know the Broadman Hymnal when I was growing up, which is the precursor to the right. Baptist Hymnal. Um, that that was one that I, you know, you use it enough, you memorize what titles are what numbers, and you knew that that number thirty three was to God right. be the glory, and uh, and different things like that. And, uh, well, I think you
1: should ask that, and you should come back and tell us. Um, this article yeah. in Baptist Press is really good, so I would encourage, we'll put it in the show notes, but I encourage people to go just give it a, give it a look because it talks about, um, how they did the project. It talks about song selection. It talks about how they were building, um, the, the digital presence, you know, that, that, that they would, would build their hymnal around um, church practice and usability um, great quotes in there from Mike Harlan and some really great quotes from um, Greg Nelson who did the orchestrations and the producing and uh, so when I was a kid in Nashville I was part of a children's singing group Here and we Greg go. Nelson uh, was uh, one of the people we worked with and he was my favorite to work with he is so, so good at what he does. And so he talks in here in this article about how it was the largest recording project in the history of Nashville. So I think it's wow. pretty cool. Yeah. That's crazy. So def- yeah. Had so, no idea. So we'll throw that in there, but people ought to go check it out because it's just interesting. Uh,
0: 165, that was... Uh, Amazing Grace. 171 was Just As I okay, Am. Okay.
1: So, so I didn't grow up,
0: is Old so I didn't grow up with
1: Baptist hymnals. So, I, my, my hymnals came uh, from a different. Yeah. And, uh,
0: I could be wrong on some of these. Jason Rowe's going to have to double check me on these. I know, I think he listens to the podcast and I, I bet he's got these hymnals. Now,
1: I'll tell you this, and, and we've never talked about this. I have a hymnal, I, I have a Baptist hymnal from like, the 1890s or something that was a, mm. my great, great grandmothers, I think. And, um, it's really amazing to see some of the songs that are, that are in there. And the music was not in there. They're just, it's just the words and it's really thick.
0: Well, that's because you are church of Christ, right?
1: No, it's a Baptist hymnal. Yeah. Oh, this Baptist is okay, this, I'm sorry. this particular, um, and,
0: so there was no no no, no there was music. No, there's no music. It was just right, the words. Right. Oh wow. And
1: um and she this particular great uh, great grandmother mine she was Baptist and so um ah. it it's really interesting. I have to be very careful when I pull it out because you know, it's yeah. really really old. But Well, that's yeah.
0: fascinating. I would have to I would I would love to know if that's like a um a, a you know, badge Sunday school board product from back I'll, in the day. I'll have to, have to check it out. Or a Holman. Yeah. I guess it would have been Broadman Church supplies, right? right Not Holman right. Bibles.
1: But it says Baptist hymnal so. on it. So it probably. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, some other big news out of Lifeway. Uh, Selma Ugh. Wilson, Senior Vice President of Organizational Development and the Chief People Officer, has announced her retirement effective October 1st. This
1: is so bittersweet because it's hard to see. Selma Wilson leaving sort of Baptist denominational leadership. Um, she's a, a huge role model for so many. And, uh, I always used to tell people I want to be, uh, Selma Wilson when I grow up. Um, because she's so good at what she does. Um, and just gracious and professional. Um, and, and then such an amazing, um, and gifted leader, even in the areas of, you know, talking about parenting and, and she and her husband have done, you know, so many things, um, about marriage and, and she's just all around wonderful. So it's really sad to see her go, but at the same time, um exciting to see what's next for her and her sort of dedication to her family and uh to her grandchildren and and you know I mean retirement is exciting so uh yeah. so so I know that she has a lot of great things ahead um but still uh but still kind of sad that I won't run into her in the building when I'm there.
0: Yeah and and folks that are listening to this may not know Selma Wilson's they name. They may not. But the but the impact that she has had on your church. It's phenomenal. You would be staggered. Yeah. St- just absolutely stunned to know the impact that she's had on each and every listener that we have church. Because there would be no women's ministry in churches without Selma Wilson. There would be no Bethmore Bible Studies without Selma Wilson. And, and there wouldn't be a resurgence of B&H products and books and, and great authors and titles that you have every day without Selva Wilson.
1: Yeah. And, and the way you said that is really key because you, you just said people may not know her name, but she's had such an impact. And that's exactly the kind of leader that she is, that she just is about doing a good job and being dedicated to service and not really not worried about her own personal platform. Um, And I, I, I just love to talk to her, whether it's one-on-one or if I hear her on a panel or hear her speak. um, She just opens her mouth and wisdom comes out. And so uh, I will miss her presence in SBC life.
0: Yes. And uh, she'll still be around, I'm sure, from time to time. So, But uh, all the best to Selma and Rodney as Selma journeys into retirement uh, on October 1st.
1: All right, so uh, we have some sad news that came uh, earlier in the week, and it was interesting because of where I was, Jonathan. So why don't you tell us about that a little bit?
0: We found out early on Sunday morning uh, that John Bassanio, the longtime pastor at Houston's First Baptist Church, uh, he was there from 1970 to 2000, grew the church from fewer than 400 members to 22,000 uh he passed away at 84 years old after a battle with cancer
1: yeah um and man the tributes that came pouring out about uh just his heart for evangelism um and his his real focus on um sharing the gospel to the lost uh, was have been really incredible to see um for me i i honestly have not known a ton about him and uh, we, you know, we found out, got the word that he had had died. And then on Sunday, Keith and I got to Falls Creek and we're just walking around. And the chapel in the in the tabernacle there was named after him.
0: He was the pastor at First Southern Baptist Church in Del City, right. Oklahoma.
1: So it's it's the John Bassano, um Chapel. Well, I noticed that and I thought, oh, wow, that's really touching. And it even hit me that probably a lot of the students there you know, wouldn't even know and put all of that together. Yeah, I probably didn't know right. the name. Yeah. So then uh, as I'm there and I was talking to people, I, I got to meet with uh, Luke Holmes that um, does the SBC History podcast. And then I also met Justin, and I hope I say his name right. Is it Valenis? Valen- I'm not sure. Um, if he's listening now, I'm sorry.
0: Say it fast. Say it confidently, yeah. Amy. Uh,
1: Justin Valenis. um so he's a, he's a BCM director there in Oklahoma. And if he's listening and I just butchered your name, I'm really sorry. But Justin was awesome to hang out with. And, uh, so we talked some about uh, the impact of John Bassanio. and they started telling me just all the story about how he actually, uh, was saved there at Falls Creek in the Tabernacle. Um, that he had been a jazz trumpeter um and he ended up going there with his with his uncle uh and was saved, was called to ministry, and then uh, became an evangelist for for ten years, and then became the pastor of First Southern Baptist Church in Del City, Oklahoma. And then um, Thomas Kidd published a piece about him over at the Gospel Coalition, gave some some big quotes from a, a Baptist Press story that even told that story. So yep. we should put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, that just talked about it. So. Sort of being in this place where uh, he had had where he had come to know Christ and then also had had such an impact uh, right around the time that all these comments were coming out about him. It was just really, really special. And so I've learned more about him. I wish I could have uh, could have met him.
0: Funeral will be held. Uh, next friday at 1 p.m. at Houston's First Southern Baptist Church. We are thankful for the ministry and the life of Dr. Do- of John Bassanio. I had a chance to meet him once at the SBC annual meeting uh 2013, I believe. Mm. Um but uh, he was a uh, it was a great man. Uh everything that I've I, he's one of those that you never heard anything bad about. It's amazing. And, uh, a lot of people love that man.
1: And you know this this story uh this obituary at, B- at Baptist Press ends with Uh, That he said he would stop preaching when the phone stopped ringing with invitations and that he actually had had a a speaking uh, engagement at a senior adult rally scheduled the week before he died, which obviously, you know, things had gone downhill, so he wasn't able to do that. But uh, just the idea that he even even as he had uh, this battle with cancer, he still uh, was going to plan, you know, to be preaching the gospel. So, real, real legacy. All
0: right, that's going to do it for the news this week. Going to bring us to my favorite part of the week, this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds.
1: All right, so I'm going to go to 1979, uh, because it was just an interesting uh, story, especially as we're always thinking about, um, as as we're always thinking about politics, and uh, sorry, as we're always. Thinking about politics and we're often seeing um, some of our leaders that are are meeting with uh, members of our government that uh, it was this week that Jimmy Carter met in a 15 minute uh, prayer meeting with, uh, or just 15 minute meeting and then, uh, he led, led in prayer with all of the, uh, SBC officials from that year. So, uh, Harold Bennett, Adrian Rogers, Abner McCall, and Don Touchton. Um, it was a get acquainted session. Um, along with their wives and uh, Adrian Rogers' daughter, Janice and Rosalind Carter. So they, they went to the White House. They met with him. They got an extensive briefing on domestic issues, and then they were briefed on um, SALT 2, which that uh, for those who maybe haven't spent a lot of time in that, uh, time of history that was the strategic arms limitation talks uh, so that that so i thought
0: that was the um the sequel to the angelina jolie movie
1: no i'm gonna just move on no. um so okay. that was negotiations between the u.s and the soviet union on uh, you know stopping the manufacture of uh, nuclear missiles so uh they were went they had a, a briefing on that from the State Department, and then they met with uh, Jimmy Carter at the White House there. So, uh, Adrian Rogers told Baptist Press no substantive issues were discussed, but the group enjoyed informal fellowship and made a mutual pledge of love and support. Um, and Rosalind Carter was supposed to be headed to Ecuador, but she Delayed leaving long enough to come to the Oval Office and, and be in there. Uh, so it said she came in for special accolades by the Southern Baptist leaders. Um, and then they also connected with several other Baptist groups in the area. So I just, I just thought it was interesting. A lot of times those types of meetings will, will pop on the scene and pictures will circulate or, or we will have it. It often depends on who is, in office. Sometimes, you know, I I remember in the George W. Bush years, we would see a lot more. And then, you know, for eight years, we didn't see quite as many. And now we we see some now. Uh, But this is something that's been going on for a very, very long time. And uh, a meeting just like that happened this week in SBC history.
0: Amy, it doesn't say uh, there's, there's one detail that it leaves out. What's that? On whether or not they got to meet Amy Carter.
1: I would love to have known if they got to meet Amy Carter. Do you know one yeah. of my favorite details about the White House is supposedly I think there's a spot where she actually wrote on the wall, "Amy Carter was here." <laughs> if I were to if I were to go to the White House, that's what I would want to see.
0: Okay, I'd want to find that, that. Of all the things there, that's that's the one thing.
1: My name, like she she's my name twin or was, and yeah. you know it would be were like, you named for her. No, I mean,
0: sure. You were named. You were born after he was in office, right?
1: No, I was born before he was elected.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So I was born in Ooh. June, and he was elected in November. My brother. Okay, but
0: they would have still known. I mean, like Amy would have still been known. They
1: said they didn't. They, I've asked. Okay. And my brother was a couple of years older than me, so he was born in '74. They're in Tennessee, not paying attention to the governor in Georgia, and so my brother, who is Jim Carter, you've
0: got to be kidding me.
1: I'm not, and so oh my word, yeah. So he's so he's born in '74. So then you know, from like '76 to '80, it was a really big deal. And my dad was a coach at that time, so we were always around the school and stuff, and everyone loved. It was him. Coach Carter? He was Coach Carter, yes. Um, which is what my brother is now. He's Coach Carter, but uh, we would be around the team, and it was all there's Jimmy and Amy Carter, Jimmy and Amy Carter. So um, so I I have real memories of that. But I, she's not in the story here, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is uh, kind of something new we've got going on over at Facts and Trends with Lifeway Pastors. We've moved Lifeway Pastors, which has been a, kind of a standalone website for a while, over into Facts and Trends to better serve pastors uh, through that resource. So Lifeway Pastors is now a department of. Facts and Trends. So uh, if you're a subscriber to Lifeway Pastors, the newsletter there or to Facts and Trends, you can get even more content for church leaders, uh, both both news and practical ministry tips and tools uh, from Lifeway Pastors and the team at Facts and Trends. So I uh, highly recommend you check that out over at factsandtrends.net. Uh, the Pastors tab is there. You can go straight to lifewaypastors.com, and that'll drop you right on to the Pastors page at Facts and Trends. Amy, your resource of the week is. Uh,
1: mine is a, a Sirius XM channel that's going to launch on August twentieth, and it's uh, the Billy Graham channel. Now they've had some limited runs. That
0: is a serious XM. Yes, channel. a
1: serious XM. So they had some wow. um, some limited runs. They did uh, some things on uh, around his birthday, and then had a temporary tribute channel um, when he died. But it looks like. Serious XM subscribers and supporters kept contacting. Uh, the broadcast company, and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and they have decided to launch a permanent channel. So it's going to be, for those of you who listen to SiriusXM, I I actually love SiriusXM and have a lot of my favorite channels. Well, there's a new one. It's channel 460, um, or you can listen online, and they will be playing Billy Graham Sermons 24 hours a day.
0: That is up the dial. Yeah. I did not know that was... That, I didn't know they had that many Sirius XM channels.
1: Well, there's a lot because obviously there's a lot of different music channels. Um, I love the Beach Boys channel and I like the, the bridge. That's one I like. But then you also get like a lot of cable news channels will play on Sirius XM. And then when you get into sports, there'll be like a channel for every team sometimes. Ah. Gotcha. So you can listen to like the Cubs channel and you know, whatever. So it, it all adds up. Uh, but 460. 460- Billy Graham 24 hours a day Um, and also in that in that same uh, Baptist press story that releases uh, that that resource is coming August 20th uh, it mentions that the Museum of the Bible opened an exhibit uh, for him as well that will be on display through January 29th so if you find yourself in D.C. between now and the end of January uh, go check out the Museum of the Bible
0: yep that article was written by the team over at Facts and Truth yes Joy Allman so our resources matched up this week, Amy. How about that?
1: They did. It worked out worked All out right. really well.
0: Okay, so we got a few minutes left here in the show before uh, we, we close it out. I, I want to hear just a couple of more things about your time at Falls Creek. Uh, mainly, how was the food? And also just uh, any of the uh, facilities there that kind of stood out to you.
1: For the food, so we ate some there at Falls Creek, um, which was uh, just they did, you know, it was fine. It was kind of traditional, you know, uh, conference food or camp food. But we did break away one day and get barbecue at Smoke. I saw that Smoke and Joe's Rib Range. Um,
0: that looked good.
1: It was pretty incredible. Now Keith got um, a three meat plate, uh, which was a lot and
0: good for Keith and it, good and he job. did not
1: eat any dinner that night but when we got to the counter he said to uh, the the guy he asked the guy he said if i'm only here today and i may never eat here again what would you recommend and the guy said the three meat plate um so what that's, three meats um he got sliced brisket pulled pork and ribs um, okay
0: That's not bad. Yeah, I would have. I would have probably traded out the pork for sausage.
1: Okay. Well, I and I
0: just. I just love some smoked sausage. And then
1: I got a sandwich. I got a chopped brisket sandwich, which is good because they mix it in with the sauce. Well, as we're eating, someone comes out from the kitchen and they dropped this uh, dessert on our table and said, "On the house," and then just walked away. And,
0: Greatest restaurant ever.
1: Yeah. And the only thing we could think of is maybe because we walked in and said this may be the last, the only time we ever eat here. You know, I don't know, but we've asked someone since and it's some dessert called like strawberries on a cloud or whatever. It, it was phenomenal. It was incredible. So we, uh,
0: but, but was it Smith Island cake, Amy? It
1: was different. It's different than Smith okay. Island cake. Different. Okay. And then also the other thing that that area is known for is for this uh, gas station that we thought it was a market and and we walked in and it the, all they sell is fried pies and drinks and that's it.
0: That that'll work.
1: And so. I would love to have had more and tried every flavor, but I got peach and Keith got apple. So the fried pies were incredible. And then I mentioned already the ices from uh, Falls Creek. So uh, the food was great. Uh really enjoyed uh, Passions Worship Band did a phenomenal job. That was great at, at Lifeway Collegiate Week. And we enjoyed just kind of driving around. Uh, but I will say this about Falls Creek. the We stayed in Thompson Lodge, which I think is one of the newer sort of their hotel there. And it was fantastic accommodations. Really good. One of the nicest uh, conference centers I've stayed in.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think you also, this week, did you have a meeting at the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina? I, You're just like, you've hit them all this I, week.
1: I did. I was at, uh, I'm on the our historical committee for the state convention. And so uh, uh, had that meeting as well. So it it has been a, a real state convention focused week. And we uh, in in our meeting, we talked a lot about some things in preparation for things we're going to do at the state convention meeting in November. So it's hard to believe that that's close enough to be planning. But it's fall. So when it's the spring, you start thinking about the SBC annual meeting. In the fall, you're thinking about state conventions. It's just the cycle of Southern Baptist life.
0: All right. Well, speaking of cycles of Southern Baptist life, today's episode cycle has come to an end. I'm sure we'll have some news to talk about next week, Amy. But until then, see you next week.
1: See you next week.